action. Hello and welcome to another Your Average Critics podcast. Uh, this one is not episode 100. That'll be <laughs> two. Um, this is a special. This is an Oscars reaction special. So we had the Oscars and the Golden Globes one a couple of weeks ago. I think it's fair to say there was a few surprises. Yeah. Although, quickly, actually, um, I was listening to a, a different podcast. Uh, before the Oscar came out, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know this, but I don't know if you know this. There was actually a leak that came out of um, winners of the Oscars, but um, no one really kind of took it seriously. And it did say like it had, it basically got everything right, but no one took it seriously. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear about it until from the podcast, but I don't actually know who leaked it or whatnot. So, yeah. do you think it was like a legit leak, or someone had just like made a guess? And I don't know. know. I think it would have been pretty. Because obviously we we're going to talk about the winners of like um, Parasite winning, uh, you know, a few awards, and they got all those right. I I wouldn't have guessed that they would have won. I think cause they, did they win three three Oscars, four I think, but I can't remember what the fourth was. So yeah, Parasite won best picture, best director, best original screenplay, and a another uh, foreign film. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So, so yeah, I would fit to them winning all of those. So, I don't know. It would be, no, it would be a pretty, pretty good guess if it's just a guess. That's true. Yeah, I think it was a, a bit of a shock. Mm. Um, certainly, I didn't expect it. But, I mean, well, we've both seen it now, so we can talk about whether it's deserved. Um, Chris might join us in 20 minutes. We'll see. Um, That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not holding up for it. Um, <laughs> okay, so best picture... Parasite, Best Director, Bong Joon-ho, Best Foreign Film, Best Original Screenplay. Oh, uh, Glenn, yes. sorry, can I, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Can you say, so if you if you directed a film, right, that won Best Picture, but you didn't win Best Director, are you still an, a, an Academy Award winning director, or are you not? Uh, uh, oh, that is a very good question. Um, I would say... I don't know. I could say you could maybe argue that you're an Academy Award winner, but you okay. probably couldn't say that you were an Academy Award winning director. I don't know because I think that has happened before. With um, I think Argo won Best Picture, but um, Ben Affleck wasn't nominated for Best Director, mm. and it is a bit unusual because you would think that if the film itself is the best, then the director being the biggest kind of part of the film you know yeah what w- should maybe be nominated at the very least um but then i guess if you look at the the films that are nominated for best picture ford versus ferrari those directors weren't nominated jojo rabbit taika waititi wasn't nominated little women so oh and to be fair actually um, according to this list they're kind of putting the producers as the recipients of best picture so i would you know answer your question i would say no you can't say you're an academy award winning director if you so so for example for the irishman it's got martin scorsese robert de niro jane rosenthal and emma tillinger koskoff would have been the recipients of the best uh picture nomination so yeah i guess it's a producer's one really But um, yeah, so we've both seen Parasite. Um, so I guess I'll give a little summary and you can sort of jump in if you think I've missed anything. Um, it's a South Korean black comedy or yeah. comedy drama. I'd um, say, yeah, black comedy. Yeah. That focuses on kind of the working class, a working class South Korean family in the capital Seoul. Um, and. Uh, it's about their kind of upward mobility. Um, so the main character, Kevin, who's the son, he sort of gets uh, an opportunity through a friend to become an English teacher to this rich family's daughter. And, um, you know, once he's in, uh, he gets on very well with the family. He realises the family are quite gullible and simple. Um, and so then he <laughs> recommends his sister as the art teacher but he obviously doesn't tell them it's his sister he says this is classmate's cousin's sister or something uh, and so 
Jessica comes along and then, you know, blags saying, oh, yeah, he's very, her, the rich kid's son is very traumatized and mm. needs art therapy and all of this jazz. And then slowly but surely, they, they kind of integrate the rest of their family, their mum and dad as driver and housekeeper, respectively. Um, so, so this family literally kind of end up living in the rich people's house um, and then kind of maybe two thirds of the way through <laughs> really fucking turns um but that's i guess you know it's a it's a film about class really um and i think it makes some important points about class in well particularly in south korea um so yeah i mean what did you think of it um i thought it was a good film um i enjoyed it i was a bit confused by not the end but it's one of the things that happened towards the end um i think i understand why everyone why everyone loved it um and i think it was kind of like in a uh in not necessarily a good or bad way it kind of reminded me of um once upon a time in hollywood and then like the story's kind of going along going along going along going along and then you get to the end and like bare mad shit happens yeah kind of um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's a good film. I, I I wouldn't say it's the best film I watched this year, personally. Um, but Do you think maybe that's because you went seeing this film knowing it had just won Best Picture? And so maybe, therefore... yeah. Probably, yeah, to be honest, yeah, probably, probably. Because, I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that neither of us would have watched this film at the cinema, at the very least, if it hadn't won Best Picture. Mm. That was sort of my impetus to go and see it. Um I was like, wow, this film must be think, really good. Yeah, I wanted... Uh, well, when I found out it was nominated for an Oscar, I, I did want to watch it um, because I'd seen all the other Best Picture nominations. So I thought I should see this one as well. But then, yeah, when it got... Um, when it actually won, I thought, okay, let me actually like step up my effort to try and see this. So, yeah. Mm. So if it's not the best film you saw, were there any others that were nominated that you think are better and maybe more deserving? Um, not necessarily better, but ones that I that I personally enjoyed more. So I think I enjoyed Joker more. Um, and I enjoyed um, Ford versus Ferrari more as well. Okay. Um, not to say it's but yeah. Do you see why maybe Parasite would have beaten them? I don't know. Can you see any reasons why voters may have gone for Parasite over those two? I think, yeah, Parasite is just, it's just so like, I don't know, so different, I feel like, to the rest of the films in the category. Mm. Um, I suppose maybe you can say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is kind of in that similar mould but um, yeah I'm not honestly I'm, I'm not really sure to be honest with you but I, I get it because it's quite like it is quite like a even like it's funny because um, uh, what's his name Kevin says or the subtitle I've done, this is one of the things that um, I didn't enjoy about the film um, just to go off on a bit of a tangent is that I feel like some, some of the stuff they say is lost in translation with the subtitles a bit yeah yeah. Um, even the bit where Kevin was like, "Oh, this is so metaphorical," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> that doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this film is quite like it's very it's quite artsy. Like like Kevin, it's quite it's metaphorical, like that sort of thing. So I understand why people love it because it's kind of like it's out there. It helps as well that it's like um, I think maybe not no- novelty. I think maybe novelty is a bit harsh, but the fact that it's a foreign language film as well, but it still translates well to. Uh, uh, I suppose off you know a foreign audience for us obviously because we're not Korean so because tr- the yeah. fact that it translates well to English speaking and whoever else speaking audiences means that like you know it must be it must be really good but yeah there were points in the film where I think um, the subtitles weren't really matching what there was what the people were saying and the reactions of that the way they were saying it didn't really match what was ha- what I was reading in the subtitles so I was kind yeah. of yeah. I, I guess that's always that's always going to be the tricky thing with translating because mm. I think especially comedy is probably one of the hardest things to translate across cultures and yeah. languages. Um, and I think I don't know whether it was intentional by the director or maybe the kind of South Korean um, humor is quite similar to the Western kind of British American humor. I don't know, but. I felt like a lot of it translated very well. Like, you know, there's quite an absurdity to the way that they were 
um, getting rid of some of the housekeepers and like the driver. So when they were like rubbing peaches on her so that she could pretend that she, well, they pretended she had tuberculosis and, you know, mm. that those sorts of situations were quite funny. Um, and I think they definitely worked from like a kind of a British, probably American point of view as well. Um, so uh, that's probably what surprised me the most because I've watched kind of comedy in other languages and cultures before and it doesn't well I find it tough to kind of get it um yeah. I think also they didn't kind of there weren't too many specific kind of like South Korean references that maybe we wouldn't get because that's what I find with some American comedies they're referring to people and shows and situations and I'm like I don't know who they are or what that is so I can't um find it funny mm. You know, it's like, I guess, if an American watched a British thing and they're like, oh, do you remember that scene in The Inbetweeners when that happened? Or Simon Bird and the, the American audience would be like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. So I don't think it's funny. Um, I could, yeah, I, I can certainly... I, I really, really like this film. Um, I didn't have any kind of preconceptions going in other than I knew it won Best Picture. Mm. And I, I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. Um I didn't expect the tonal shift in it, um, which now you've said it, it does actually is quite reminiscent of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I think it, I don't know, it worked a bit better for me. Um, yeah, definitely. That's all um, shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why um, Nee loves it so much, but I don't know. He's wrong. Um, so I guess we'll talk about it in a bit more kind of spoilerific detail. But mm. once the. Um, Kim, I think they're called the Kim family. They yeah. once they've integrated into the Park family, so the Kims are the kind of working class, the Parks are the upper class. Um, they find that the old housekeeper's husband has been living in the basement of yeah. the Park household for like four years, um, yeah. and then that kind of leads to an escalation of um, well, violence really, because they yeah. have to try and cover their tracks so that they the Kims don't get exposed and then you know the, um, Mrs Kim inadvertently kills the old housekeeper by pushing her downstairs and and then the, the housekeeper's husband escapes from the basement ends up well hits um, Kevin over the head with a rock mm. stabs Jessica with a knife mm. which leads Mr Kim to kill both him and Mr Park and yeah it kind I didn't of... like the bit I I I was with everything up until um, the dad killed Mr. Park because I felt I was like I was I was thinking like what did what did he do <laughs> what did, I was thinking, what did you kill him for like, I felt kind of well, bad for the over, in terms of the film in general I just felt kind of bad for the rich family because they didn't do anything wrong and their family's like been fucked up and torn apart <laughs> I felt like they, yeah. they didn't do anything wrong so I felt kind of bad for them obviously I don't think the film's meant to make you feel that way. But I was kind of like, this is kind of raw. Like, well, what did, guess, the, what did the Mr. Park do? Well, I guess not not that it's an excuse for it, but you know when um, the Kims are hiding under the table when uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Park are kind of getting frisky, and then yeah. he says, like, oh, you know, Mr. Kim really smells, and it's horrible, and, you know, you can smell it from everywhere, and, oh. He, I, and there was an implication that he wanted him to kind of cross the line so that he could get rid of him because he smells. Because I think he said right. in the film... Um, you know, he's always this close to crossing the line, but he never quite he never does. does. Yeah. And then, you know, you can see how it, how Mr. Kim reacts to that. And he's just like gutted because he feels like he's kind of been accepted by his family and he's doing a good job. But because of that smell, and I think they refer to it as the subway smell. Mm. Um, and I think there's, there's no kind of, it's quite poignant that subway is underground, that the Kims live underground essentially. Um, yeah. And it, the, the whole film is structured around levels and obviously that's metaphorical for levels for society. So every time you see the Kims, they're always walking upstairs to get to Park's house and they're always walking downwards to get to their house. Right. Um, and even when they're under the table, they are physically lower than the Parks who are lying down but on the sofa. So there's always, you know, a... I guess uh, strat a different. They're on different stratas, and even yeah. the housekeeper's family 
are a level below the Kims. So it's all quite, you know, it's, I think that that was apparent throughout. Um, and I really liked that. I was getting my film studies head on and I was like, well, I could write a fucking essay about this shit. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think, I think Mr. Kim's murder of Mr. Park had to happen for him to then retire into the basement. Yeah. And that was probably one of the most poignant parts of it because when he's hitting that Morse code message out, you know, that was hitting me in the feels. Yeah. So, like, with the ending, um, when Kevin writes the letter back to his dad mm. and they show, like, him coming out of the uh, the basement bit and them hugging, did that actually happen? No, that, uh, I think that's, okay, that's, that was just a dream. that's what he was saying because the last shot is him with his you know, different, the, the, the haircut we've seen throughout the film and he's mm. writing the letter and it kind of ends. So I think it ends on like, that's what he wants. But I think, right. I think the film kind of suggests that that's never going to happen. Right, okay. Because, I mean, he's suffered some severe brain injuries yeah. and he says, I'm going to make loads of money. Uh, but if it was that easy, then they probably would have done it already. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Um. So I don't really know what the film is saying about class and career because I don't I know nothing about you know <laughs> the economics of career. So I don't know whether this film is saying that ultimately you can't ever rise above where you are because mm. of ending violence, or is it showing that the lower classes are you know inherently barbaric I, I really don't know what it's trying to say i'm sure someone much more clued up and it would be able to explain it to me but i think the fact that they end up living back in the same kind of basement apartment is is yeah. telling um but yeah i thought a really really good film the only kind of thing that i was a bit like mm, about was i found it slightly implausible that jessica died but Kevin survived, considering Kevin was hit over the head twice by a massive rock. And it just sort of felt like fridging, maybe. Mm. Slightly. That Jessica yeah, had to be the one to die. Yeah. That's so, true. I yeah. suppose Kevin was the main character, so I suppose if you're... Of the two, if you're going to kill one off, I suppose it would be, it would be the girl. I guess. But yeah, I still do think I thought they were just both going to die. I thought the dad was going to die as well. I'm not going to lie. I thought everyone was going to die. <laughs> yeah. So did I. Um, I was quite surprised that Kevin actually lived. I wonder if the little boy died. Because remember they said when he has a seizure, he's got 15 minutes to get to hospital. I wonder if he died. Mm. Did he live? Do we know? No, I don't know. And we don't see um, the the witch daughter either. Yeah. Um, I, um, I thought it was a bit um, I was a bit not disturbed, but I was kind of like, it's a bit on the line when the fact that Kevin was, um, you know, essentially going out with this girl who I think they said was a, I think a sophomore in high school, which means she's about 15, I think. And he's at least, I think he's at least 18. Yeah. Well, I was a bit, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, that side, <laughs> good film. I like, Again, I like... it's, it's cultural, isn't it? Cause I don't yeah. know what, uh, cause um, slightly tangential. Um, there's a Watford player. And he's Brazilian, and he's eighteen, and yeah. his girlfriend is fifteen, um, yeah. because in Brazil that is legal. And she came to visit him, and Watford were basically like, "Do you mind if she visits when she's 16? Yeah, because hey, not not legal in this country. So, I, yeah, I mean, I was a bit like, "What are they supposed to? How old are they supposed to be?" But yeah. but yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I was. Oh, so I was gonna say I quite enjoyed the the flood scene. I thought that was that was really good. Like just the way <laughs> the way everything was filling up, and then the girl uh, Jessica was kind of just like <laughs> just sitting on the toilet smoking a cigarette while the shits all coming out of the toilet. And she just kind of <laughs> thinks that this is inevitable. Like I'm just not gonna be not bothered in the slightest. I thought yeah. that was pretty joke. Um, there were some really nice parallels there as well. From um, I think it shows Mr. Kim like spitting or throwing up into the toilet and then it cuts and the spurts of the toilet comes out so there's there's some parallels there um mm. which is quite nice and like the when the morse code's happening with the uh yeah. parks family lights and the flickering lights of the kim basement with the because what of was the, the message that um that they sent 
It was the... the. Didn't we see the letter? No, was... I mean the um the um. When the husband of the housekeeper was banging his head against the thing, doing Morse code, what was he? What was he saying? Because the kid saw it, didn't he? Uh, Dang Dang Sung, or whatever his name was, he saw it. The message, the lights flickering, didn't he? And then I yeah. think they kind of showed him kind of doing a bit of Morse code, and then we didn't see anything else. Was he saying thank you, Mister Park, or something? Oh, or like, welcome it? home. Right. Yeah, because I think he's so grateful that you know, even though he doesn't know it, he's allowing then, him to live. No, it was a bit later because the woman. The housekeeper was like, she said to her husband, as she was, I think she, as she was dying, she said, repeat after me. Then she said the wife's name, and then we didn't see anything else. And then we saw my, uh, the husband banging his head against the thing till it started bleeding. And then we saw the kid in the tent seeing that. And then I thought that was going to be, I thought the kid was going to be the key to uh, everything being found, out, being found out, but we didn't actually see anything else. I don't think. Yeah, that's true. I'll have to rewatch it, I think. Um, so, according to Wikipedia, the film's title, Parasite, uh, has a double meaning um, because the story is about the poor family infiltrating and creeping into the rich house. Seems very obvious that Parasite refers to the poor family. I think that's why the marketing team was hesitant. But if you look at the other way, you can say the rich family are parasites in terms of labour. They can't even wash dishes, they can't drive themselves, so they leech off the poor family's labour, both are parasites. Fair so. Yeah. But did you ever um, did you ever eat Ramdon in the end? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna because I have to fucking it's like the noodles you have to like order from like, Amazon or something. But I'm gonna try and order it and make it because it looked well enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so I think definitely a a worthy winner. Um, I I don't know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily worth you know. I guess the only one that I would say maybe is on par with is Joker. Um, and I mean, I, I thought Marriage Story might be in for chance, but that's based on the performances of the two actors rather than anything else. Um, let's see what the main themes of Parasite are class, conflict, and social inequality. They, they consider it a reflection of modern capitalism. Uh, da, 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 da. An upstairs, downstairs, or stairway movie in which staircases are used as a motif to represent the positions of the Kim and Park families. Okay, I was, there you go. I did see um, one thing I was also curious about is um, you know the bit where uh, Mr. Mr. Kim, I'm not sure what his first name was, and Mr. Park they were like chatting, and then I think it would happen in two separate instances, but Mr. Kim was like, "But you love your wife, don't you?" or something like that. And then, yeah. Park got visibly quite like he was like oh, what the fuck like I think that was the thing about crossing the line that he was talking about I think mm. but I was wondering like what what did Mr Kim mean by that when he said oh but you love your wife don't you I don't really did you catch I think, anything well yeah. I'm wondering if it was maybe like despite the fact that the Kims have nothing they clearly love each other yeah. whereas the Parks have everything material but there's no kind of there's nothing there because Mr Parks always away working and mm. you know I think that was sort of what was implied right um, here it says according to Bong the ending implies that Kiwu Kevin will not be able to earn the funds needed to buy the house as it shows him still in the basement he describes yeah. the shot as a surefire kill referring to a coup de grace to ensure death the ending song refers to Kevin working to make money to get the house mm. um, yeah yeah I think yeah it definitely worked on a, a lot of levels and I think that's probably what tipped it in terms of the rest of them because I think the rest of them are not necessarily superficial but probably aren't quite as uh, socially pertinent yeah um, yeah so I mean we're not necessarily arguing that it shouldn't have won best picture best director Again, I guess if it's one best picture, can you really argue it shouldn't mm. win best director? Mm. Um, best Do you say one best original screenplay, best adapted screenplay? Original. Best adapted was Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. Which, I don't know. <laughs> Have but you seen I, it? Yeah. Did you like it? I, 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 I like, I appreciated it. I thought it was very strange. 
it yeah. was I I couldn't quite get to grips with all the shifts in tone. Yeah. So like it was quite in some points absurdist. Obviously yeah. the whole Jojo talking to Hitler. Um and then but then it would switch to like when Jojo finds that his mum's hanging. I was like, yeah. whoa, that's mm. heavy, heavy shit. Yeah. And uh, and it me didn't quite blend those tonal shifts. Um but I did I thought it was quite a whimsical. You know, you can definitely it's got Taika Waititi's stamp all over it. I don't think it's his best film, um, by a any stretch of the imagination. Um in fact of the four Waititi films I've seen, it's probably at the bottom for me. But mm. it seemed to resonate with with the Academy, so I don't know. I guess so the adapted screenplay list was the Irishman. Joker, Little Women, and Two Popes. Uh-huh. I don't know. I guess how do, how do you judge adapted screenplay? Is it the is it the actual script itself, or how that you've adapted a book or another text into a film? I don't I don't know what they're kind of judging it on. It's I would have um, said the latter, like how you how you adapt the, whatever text you're taking it from, how you adapt that into you know like a an actual film that people like and want to see because it's all well and good having because like not all great books make great films you know what I mean that is very true um but yeah I don't know what, what was his adapted from a book I'm assuming yeah I think it was a book um I don't know I mean I guess you could say that the way that they created the film Joker from the kind of comics was great and yeah. I, I don't know it is what it is um mm. Uh, should we go on to the actor categories? Sure. So, no surprise really that Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. Um, pretty much swept all the previous awards. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. deserved. Oh, not arguing for that, are we? Not at all. So it's up against Antonio Banderas, Leo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, and Jonathan Price. I would say. I mean, I've only seen Marriage Story in Once Upon a Time, but Adam Driver's performance was probably more, would more pushed Joaquin Phoenix for that. But um, yeah, mm. have we got Chris with us? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I have invited him to the call. Yeah, he's here. I can hear him. Are you there, Obi? I'm here. Are you here? Oh. Yeah, Chris, you're not here, are you? Okay. I'm here. here. Oh, you are here. I see you he? four fucking times. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Welcome. How are you? Fine, thanks, mate. Fine. Good. <clears throat> so we've just discussed Parasite, which obviously won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Foreign Language Film, and Best Original Screenplay. Um, have you had a chance to see it, Chris? No. Is it something that you're going to go and watch? I've- be honest, I'm not going to go out of my way to find it in cinemas, so no. It's in Beckenham, to be fair. Yeah, I'm still not going to go. I've been binge-watching um, Avatar The Last Airbender for some reason. Oh, yeah? What do you think? How do you think? Uh, what are you thinking about it? I really like it. I think, because I, I watched it when, when it first came out. I think we must have been, what, like 12, 13? I watched yeah. it back then, but never, it didn't really, like, keep track of it kind of thing. I just stopped watching it. But yeah, yeah. I'm watching it now, and I heard that they're going to do a... Um, no, a that's Netflix. Yeah, so I think I might as well watch it. And also, um, I was saying to Glenn as well, I want to watch the film. Yeah, so we spoke about Parasite, which I would I would recommend to you, Chris. Um, it is a great film. Um, I, I probably yeah. will watch it. I'm just not going to go out my way to watch it in the cinema. Like I know it's not. I know you said it's in Beckenham. I know it's not out of the way, but like because I've got a lot on, I think I'm just going to yeah see it after when it's like, on some platform or something. Yeah, mm. I think it's it's definitely worth watching, and it does make kind of try more international cinema um i think from well, certainly me uh, this is horrible to say as a film student but sometimes you're like i can't be bothered to watch something in subtitles mm. but but they weren't too distracting and, and you know it was, it was fine i watch everything with sub- i watch stuff in english with subtitles anyway so <laughs> really why yeah just in case I missed something. 
I know, I know, I know loads of people do that. That's that's quite common, common now. Mm. I I have um, accidentally saw Deadpool two in a subtitled screening. It's shit watching a comedy film oh, with yeah. subtitles because the punchline comes up before the yeah. they've said it. <laughs> I watched the gentleman. I was... actually. You watched the gentleman with subtitles. Yeah, I didn't know it was a subtitle one. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, it still good though, but yeah. Yeah, that was such a sick film. I want to watch yeah. that again. Um, That's the one that was really long, right? Why does everyone keep saying this? Is like, it, long? <laughs> it was two hours. Oh, I don't think. It... I don't feel it was that long. No, it's three hours. No, that's the Irishman. Oh, right. I haven't seen the Do you know, you were the third or fourth person I've spoken to who said, oh, that was really long, wasn't it? And I was like, no. <laughs> but yeah, I think everyone's confusing it with the Irishman. Um, although it does have Colin Farrell in, who is himself an Irishman. So I don't know. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, we've only discussed Parasite and Joaquin Phoenix as best actor, Chris. Um do you think that's no complaints about that? Um, did he only win Best Actor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. That's fine. I re I rewatched Joker this morning, and um, it still was good. No, I don't think it, I watched it a second time. Maybe it's because I watched it a week after. I really didn't think the second time was as good. Mm. What What did you find lacking about the second time? I feel like all the, the hard-hitting bits of it really just didn't hit me, I guess, as hard the second time around, because obviously, you know, it's coming. Yeah. And, like, mm. you almost saw the madness in him a bit more the second time rather than the first. Like, the first time, you kind of, like, kind of get it. Like, you know it's wrong, but you kind of get why he's doing it. And then when I watched it the second time, I was kind of like, you're just an absolute lunatic. Mm. I don't know. It, it was good acting, though. It was good acting. Best acting, did, it, know, but... did it change your opinion on whether you think he was putting on the laugh or anything like that? Oh yeah, did they ever get to the bottom of that? Whether he was putting it on or if it was actually a condition? Well, the, the policemen ask him that, don't they? They say, oh, is this is this actually a thing or is it part of your act? And he goes, what do you think? And then walks into a, a door. So <laughs> I didn't quite know how to take it. Yeah, but he accidentally walked into a door, didn't they? Yeah, or but I, I don't know. It was quite a slapstick moment, wasn't it? So again, I don't know if it was part of his act. But I, I haven't watched it again. But I still think that it's like it is a condition. I don't think he's put it on. I think it's an actual condition. But I've yeah. twice. So I think there's evidence for it because it says when they when he finds out he's adopted, that it says like he suffered massive head trauma, and even from when he's taking his meds to when he's not, he still does do it in kind of in inappropriate moments so I, I sort of think it is a condition yeah. Um, but yeah still, still a good film yeah I do want to watch it again it's on DVD now isn't it yeah yeah I want to watch it again so you can give us the best um, opinion on this Obi because you're the only one who's seen it I believe Renee Zellweger won for Judy Garland well Judy yeah well deserved I think she was really good in that um, I think I said on the on our preview one that it was between her and um, Saoirse is that how you pronounce it? yeah Saoirse Ronan um, so yeah I'm glad that she won um, I think those two uh, were like head and shoulders above the rest of the uh, nominees to be honest okay and um, yeah Renee Zellweger I think really captured like not, not that I know much about Judy Garland but the, the emotion of the character and probably like the sadness that she was feeling at that time of her life and career. So yeah, I think she did really well. To be honest. Well deserved. Interestingly, uh, Judy Garland's never won an Oscar, although I think she was nominated mm. a few times. So yeah. I think there's a, there's a poetry there. Yeah. So Brad Pitt has finally won an acting Oscar. I'm, I'm quite glad I didn't I didn't realize until you said it last, last time that he'd never won one. So yeah, I'm quite glad that he's won this one. So. He's he's one of those, isn't he? That you think, how has he not won an acting Oscar? Because he's a really good actor and he's been in a lot of like high profile films where you'd think he must have been nominated for that. Mm. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get nominated for like Inglorious Bastards or something. I don't know if he's been nominated before. Um, let's see. Does it Did he go, off, he go on for Moneyball? I think. 
Hmm. Oh yeah, Moneyball. Yeah, even though I didn't think it was as good as everyone made out, it, he was pretty good in that. I still haven't seen it. It's on my list. He was nominated for Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Moneyball. Um, he was in The Departed. No, he produced The Departed and Twelve Years a Slave. I think he won producer for Twelve Years a Slave. Um, and then he was in The Tree of Life, Moneyball, and The Big Short Hall, which nominated for Best Picture. So, yeah. I think I think he's one of those actors that he's de- he deserves an Oscar, not necessarily for I don't know. Well, I mean, he was good in Once Upon a Time, but that's not to say he maybe shouldn't have been worthy of one before that time. Yeah. Um, he was up against pretty much everyone in The Irishman, uh, Anthony Hopkins and Tom Hanks. So, I've not well, seen. Well, Pacino was in a shout though for that one. Yeah, definitely. I no complaints about Bradley Pitt. Mm. Well Bradley done. You can do a trade-off if you want. If you give me back the DVDs you got, I'll give you Moneyball. Uh, it's on Netflix, so... I don't oh, know. mate. <laughs> it, is, it is really good. Considering I think baseball is one of the most boring sports I've ever watched. Yeah. Like, Moneyball was really engaging and made me actually find the whole kind of scouting side of it really interesting um mm. i definitely recommend it jonah hill got his first nomination for that film so uh yeah so laura dern won for marriage story which i imagine obi you have maybe some i have a slight issue with you <laughs> you're not I a didn't... massive laura dern fan from the, from no, the she... film the thing is someone someone tweeted this the other day and i completely agree she was better in in uh, little women than, way better than in little women than she was in marriage story Marriage Story, she gets like two scenes. Little Women, she's in it quite a bit and quite a bit better, I think. She's got one good, really good scene in uh, in Marriage Story, which is what she won for. Fair enough. But as an overall performance, her her in um, Little Women was quite a bit better for me personally. But hey, what do I know? Well, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins won an Oscar for less than 20 minutes screen time in Silence of the Lambs. Fair enough. So you, Fair can enough. Make a, you can make it. And obviously um, Sam Rockwell in um, uh, Vice. I love it, man. (laughs) (laughs) The worst nobody ever. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean... Sorry, carry on, Obi. No, 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 okay, let's go. Sorry. I was going to ask Chris how many of these Oscar-nominated films he's actually seen. you got to tell me the films, mate, and I'll tell you how many I've seen. So, Marriage Story... Actually, do you know what? I can can cut this in half and tell you now. I've probably watched none of them. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. I, I, I was literally thinking about it. Unless it's unless they've come onto the TV or onto Netflix or something, I probably ain't watched it. If I'm honest, the last oh, okay. the, the only film I've seen in the last maybe three months is Birds of Prey. So, oh, okay. I I I've been to watch Netflix. I, there's you'd find it hard to find something. I probably that that's on the top ten list that I haven't watched. Have <laughs> uh, you watched Marriage Story? Oh yeah, I watched Marriage Story. I watched that yeah, yeah, yesterday. What did you think of it? I thought it was really good. I was really rooting for uh, what's his face, the guy, rather than the uh, Adam Driver. Yeah, he was misogynist. Oh no, mate, she was being brutal, mate, and she made them. All, <laughs> she made them both bloody poor. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I think it was a film full of really good performances. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Chris. What do you think? So Laura Dern won the Oscar, so she's the lawyer. So what do you think of her performance? She was Scarlett Johansson's lawyer. What? So she won an Oscar, and the other two yeah. didn't. Yeah. What the Best fuck? supporting. What? Oh, okay. Well, she she was good, but she wasn't like. There's surely better. Fil- there's films out there with better supporting actors. Surely. That's what I said, Chris. Whisper it, but I agree with you. Like <laughs> she, she, her role, she was good at what she was doing she she did as a lawyer does and she sold it to me that she was a lawyer but <laughs> it wasn't anything exceptional but but okay yeah so um you obviously you know suggesting that adam driver and scarlett hansen um were kind of oscar worthy do you think that adam driver's performance was any better than joaquin phoenix's for joker Thing for me with Adam Driver, right? Because I haven't seen many of his films. I think I've maybe seen three. Maybe. Uh, maybe he doesn't have many. Yeah, he doesn't have many. 
And I think he's he he is a he is a good actor, but he does this very like how is it monotone? Like it's it's very like I feel like there's no real outside expression. Like okay, Marriage Stories, he does get very aggressive, doesn't he? At the end, yeah. But up until that point, it's very like standard. And then there's just a few f's and shits here and there. There's nothing mm-hmm. like out there. But he he does. But his acting is very good. I don't, don't know how to explain it. It's just not. I don't know. I'd like to see him in a in a film where he has to express loads of different emotions throughout. Because they, they yeah. there was a point to this where, where he is very methodical, isn't it? And he writes things mm-hmm. down. He gives people notes. So he played that character very well. Whereas Scarlett Johansson, on the other hand, she had a whole range of different emotions throughout the film. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So it's um, it's like Star Wars as well. He's not. He didn't. He didn't express too many emotions in that. No, I mean, I've I've said a couple of times um, that I don't think Star Wars is the best vehicle for people to act very well in. Um, That's true. But then, but but then, um, so the 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 Daisy Ridley and um, John, they they do really well in it. They have a range of emotion throughout Mm. the film. Do get I do get what you mean. I say really well. Okay, decent. Yeah. I mean, John Boyega's done loads of things, hasn't he? So, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, I mean, they're the major ones. Um, you know, we've covered the acting categories. We've covered best director, best picture. Um, don't know how much you paid attention to the scores of certain films, but oh, get, score is really good. get in there. Sorry. Was that for original score, Chris, or are you watching Tottenham? Tottenham. What is it, 3-1? 3-2, Tottenham. Woo! As long as, the, as long as it doesn't get ruled out. Oh, yeah. what? Bjorn Engels. Oh, I'm carrying on, sorry. Oh. Um, yeah, so oh, Joker sorry. did win um, best original score. Um, Hilda Gornadottir which is an Icelandic name. Um, that beat out Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, so what was it about the Joker score that really stood out to you, Obi? I don't know. I kind of felt that the score, if I remember correctly, the score really reflected his emotion at the time. And then it was kind of like quite subdued and then obviously the bit where he goes crazy and starts like dancing on the stairs and shit, like the um, the music kind of matches that. And then when he kind of like breaks in the sense of the madness, the music kind of goes kind of like haywire kind of thing. So I kind of felt the music kind of just encapsulated what was happening in the film at the time. And I remember thinking like this is really this is really good music. So yeah, mm. I think score's one of the really tough ones to kind of. Wait, sorry, what's what's the score? Music. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, right, right, right. Oh, I thought you were asking me the Tottenham score. I was like, I don't know. I think it's 3-2, <laughs> mate. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I don't necessarily tend to notice scores that much, but when I do, that obviously indicates to me that it's, you know, particularly good. Um, I remember mentioning about The Rise of Skywalker the, the slight twist on the Imperial March that they do when mm-hmm. Kylo Ren's searching for that weird Toblerone thing um but yeah I, I mean on the second watch of joker even though like chris you said you know when all the big points are coming and therefore it loses some of its impact i agree with that but i still did like when he was sitting on the sofa on the murray franklin show i was still i could act like i was still quite tense even though i knew what was happening um true which well, I, I guess it, i watched that scene yesterday because it came up on Facebook, it does my nut in the way he says his name. <laughs> Murray. <laughs> I find that bare funny, I'm not going to lie. It's so stupid, but yeah. He's taking well, a piss, isn't he? Yeah. Is it, um, they bring out an extended cut of it. What, of uh, Joker? I don't think so. Okay, I, I cool. don't... Was there many deleted scenes? I don't know. No. Anyway, sorry, Karen, you're... 
Um, I don't know if there's any other particular categories that you you guys have an interest in. Um, I saw a stat that Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing film to not have an Oscar. That's what um, I was going to say. Did it not win one in the end? No, I think the only okay. one it was not, it was nominated for best visual effects, oh, and that enough. lost out to 1917. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, maybe the point is that there aren't. You know, the visual effects in 1917 are so good that you don't know they're there. Yeah. I mean, it's but, pretty hard to, to like, for a film like Avengers to not know, what, like, when fucking Mark Ruffalo's in, well, the, the uh, Infinity War one, like, when he's in the Hulk suit. Oh, that was shocking, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it probably didn't help in Endgame where they did that extra scene where... Hulk's lifting up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. some bullshit bit in it. I couldn't believe that. Oh my god, yeah. No, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> um, to be fair, it won't be the highest grossing film for much longer. Well, because they're going to re-release Titanic for the 19th time. Or is it, a, which was the other, the other one called? Avatar. Uh, Avatar, apparently he's going to re-release it. Ugh. And it probably oh. will get bare people watching it because they'll probably want to like watch it prior to the second one coming out, won't they? Even though it's a dog shit film. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've only seen it the once, but I really have no desire to see it a second time. I also don't really want to see the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, the ninth films because I don't really want to give them my money. But yeah. talking of ninth films, actually, um, not Oscars related in any way because they're never going to get nominated. Have you seen the trailer for Fast and Furious 9? Yeah, it's a joke. Isn't it? it's a joke. <laughs> Vin Diesel catches a car. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Actually, <laughs> they get exponentially more ridiculous, and I it's, oh, it baffles man. me because I'm like, how do you top it. this? You know, apparently number ten is going to be to, they're going to go to the moon. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this oh, point, fuck it, why I not? Think, I think they said that number ten they're going to do a part one and part two, and then that's going to be yeah. it. Yeah, Why, that. man? Oh, oh man. I love, I love Fast and Furious. I'm not gonna lie. It's so fucking stupid. It was like, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't believable, but it was believable to the point, to a point with the films. Like, I think was it like five and six, maybe yeah. where where it got, it got to the point where it was like, okay, I can, I can maybe believe this. Yeah. And seven, it was just like, what is this chaos of a film happening? Like, yeah. and was like, Wayne Johnson like move, pushing a, a rocket with his foot or something? Yeah, then he like divert it by kicking it. Torpedo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're suspending your disbelief, and then there's just plain fucking ridiculous. But I mean, hey, I'm surprised that Diesel's not in jail for killing thousands of people. Yeah. That car stunt and the drink. Sorry, quick, just keep talking about the trailer. Someone pointed out to me that it's really weird that they named their son Ryan because in the world, Paul Walker's character's alive. So it'd be weird to name your son your son after your friend who's alive still. I think that's quite strange. But if they named him Paul, that would have made sense. But if they named him Brian, it's quite weird. Anyway. Uh, have they not true. killed him off? No, he's alive still. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think I'm not so I'm not so ha- I'm not so sure I'm happy. The, this the, the trailers really fucking piss me off these days, right? Because have you seen Stranger Things trailer? Yeah. No. Oh man. It Man. does my nothing. Cause that so dumb. Been... It's so dumb. There was no need to show us that. Have you, have you seen it, Glenn? Yeah, no, but care. I've not seen series three, so I mean, <laughs> I'm not... I don't give a shit. But like to show that a character is all good and well, like we assumed he would come back. Yeah. Like there was no need to show it, and it's like with the Fast and Furious trailer. There was no need to show that. Is it Han? Yeah. Yeah. There's no need to show that he's alive. That could have been a sick thing for the film. And it's like Wonder Woman. Why did they show that Thingy's still alive in Wonder Woman? Like, yeah. again, oh, just fucking does my nutting. Yeah, it really makes no sense because there's no mystery. Like, and also the trailers nowadays have so many of the big action points that you're sort of like, well, why am I actually watching the rest of the film? Like, yeah. you basically go and watch the film for the filler parts. Um, and I, I don't really understand why. I mean... We've been saying this for years, though. Yeah, they're That's getting longer and longer, and like I remember the 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 what was the Jason Statham and Rock one, um, Hobbs and Shaw. Sure. That trailer was almost four minutes long, and there was yeah. about three trailers that were almost four minutes long. 
So you've got yeah. 12 minutes of action footage there, which probably a considerable amount of the actual film. And you just think, what's the point? Like, you need, I think they need to scale it back now because, you know, I think, you know, with streaming services, cinema's going to suffer financially anyway. So if you then give away most of the film in the trailer, people don't have any incentive to go and watch the film. Um, and, and also Netflix is starting to do this as well. When you watch the previews of a series or a film, it shows you so much. Like, I remember watching the, 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 um, the trailer for Lock and Key and I don't know anything about it because I've not watched it, but you see, you see them go into like four or five different worlds or realms or whatever using keys. And I'm thinking, well, how many keys are there? You know, have I seen all five of them? You know, you, you think there's quite a lot of spoilers there, um, yeah. potentially. Uh, so, yeah, I just think it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and the fact that they released three or four trailers yeah, baffles me. But then uh, I'd say I'd say I agree with you. Like I'm, I'm as I, I I agree with you. But then there's a flip side like Birds of Prey, where I don't think there was that. I think there was one trader, right? That I know of. I yeah, saw two. two. Oh, okay. And it hasn't done very well in the box office, has it? I don't know if that's necessarily down to the trailer. No, but I mean, like, I feel like it, it should be. They need to uh, publicise it a bit more. I think their marketing in general for the film was just really poor. Yeah. <laughs> They've changed they, yeah. the title of it now, haven't they? So it's yeah, now it's... called Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Yeah. It's more sense. Way more sense. Rather than Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah, because yeah. they weren't sure that people knew it was the Harley Quinn film. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they would have thought about four, <laughs> four releasing the, the title of the film, but hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, I mean, do you guys want to talk about Birds of Prey, or do you want to just stick to keep this as an Oscars-related one? We'll save, we'll save it for save it for next week. Okay. All right. Um, well, I just want to kind of uh, sort of end with a question, and it's a tough question, so I don't expect you to give like a massive answer. But now that Parasite has won Best Picture. So I think I'm right in saying it's the first non-English language film to win Best Picture. Yeah. Um, and it's also won Best Foreign Film as well, which I was surprised at because I thought well, if it win Best Picture, then maybe they would give Best Foreign Film to another film. But, I mean, it I don't know. Has to, anyway. Should, should, shouldn't work like that, though, Glenn? It should be the best. Yeah, log- best. logically, it kind of has to. It kind of has to. If, if it wins Best Picture, it kind of has to win the foreign one as yeah. well. I mean, no, that makes sense. But then, um, do you then, think this, this... then it adds the question, should there be the foreign film category if it's going to go and then win the Oscar? Should there be a separate category? That's also a good point. That is also a very good point. Um, I think it's important to have, a, uh, I guess, I don't know, actually. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, but what my question was going to be is, is this like a watershed moment for the Oscars and maybe for foreign language films that now, you know, there's been a lot of, in the last few years, especially Oscars so white, um, such a white male-dominated, you know, list, and you know this. It's not that this year's Oscars has, you know, <laughs> flipped that on its head by any means, but does the fact that a South Korean film has won Best Picture open the gates for more foreign language, more, I guess, films for about other cultures, or you know, I think so. I think I think. It only, well, not only, but I think it takes one, one film or one thing to happen for it to start heading in the general right direction. So if you look, so for example, this year you've got um, Parasite. I think, what year was Moon? Like 2017, I think. Um, yeah. I think you can, and like. You had Roma, those, Roma last year, didn't you? Roma last year. Like you can see that it's heading in that sort of direction to a more diverse Firstly, more diverse in terms of the nominees, and now more diverse in terms of the winners as well. Um, you can even look at the fact that, you know, kind of equivalent um, superhero films. So Black Panther gets nominated for an Oscar last year, then suddenly this year you've got Joker getting nominated for an Oscar, and then maybe next year you'll get, you know, uh, other superhero films. I think you do need you need someone to kind of like break the, the what's it called, the ceiling, I suppose, and then that kind of opens the door for everyone else to kind of make their way into the 
into the nomination category and winner category. Mm. It'd be nice if they did Although, it for the, the director category as well, for women as well. But Well, I was going to say, I mean, just to play devil's advocate to my own question, in I'm wondering if maybe there's, there's you know, so 2018, you had Greta Gerwig, Jordan Peele, uh, Guillermo del Toro nominated for Best Director. They are, well, Greta Gerwig is female. Jordan Peele, Guillermo del Toro are arguably people of colour or, you know, non-white men. Um, but then, so that was 2018. The year later, you had no women, but mm. you had Alfonso Cuaron, Spike Lee, Pavel Pavlovsky, Yorgos Lanthimos, and then Adam McKay. And Adam McKay is the only white American kind of Western person there. So mm. there's a, you could argue slight diversity there. Um, with Best Picture, you had Green Book, Black Panther, Black mm. Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Roma, all of which are stories. I mean, actually, Green Book, I'm going to discount. Um, but there's, you know, stories about different cultures mm. and then this year it seems to have gone back maybe a little bit because you've got a mostly well a completely male dominated best director but mm. Scorsese, Todd Phillips, Tarantino, Sam Mendes mm. they're all kind of western um, then Ford versus Ferrari, Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Marriage Story, Little Women there's not a huge amount of diversity there compared to other years would you say? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough not to be a bit cynical, but you'd, you'd, you'd hope that, you know, with Peel, Get Out, Black Panther, all of these kind of nominations, that it would kind of pave the way. Yeah. And it doesn't, doesn't seem to... Have, we've not seen the, the consistency of that yet. No, I suppose but, not. But I guess we'll see what happens in the 2021 awards. I don't really know what sort of films are coming out this year that could, you know, fall into those categories. Um, no. We shall see. Any more comments on the Oscars or awards seasons in general? No, nothing from me. <clears throat> All right. Well, next week is episode 100, even though we've sort we've of... done well over 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah. We just keep keep making them special so we don't officially call them 100. But um, so we're all going to choose uh, five films from a set number of categories. The categories being, let me just get my phone up. Better write this um, down. <laughs> it's, it's on the group chat, but uh, yeah, def- definitely write it down, Chris. It's um, so the categories are the best film of the decade. So a film released between 2010 and the end of 2019. Are we excluding superhero films? No, any film. Okay. Released during that period. Best show of the decade. Again, show. between 2010 and 2019. I feel so like a TV I, show. I know what Obi's one's going to be. I would caveat that by saying if a series, if a series started before 2010, I would probably include the the series that were within that decade. Or, you know, I guess you can argue either way. Um, worst movie of the decade. Can't wait to do that one. Oh, God, so wait, 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 wait. You said best show of the decade, and what yeah. was that? Worst film. Oh right, okay. right, okay. Uh, I want some honourable mentions as well. So if any don't make your top five, but are quite close. Um, oh, most right. iconic scene of the decade, and this can come from film or TV. Iconic mm. scene. Okay. Yeah, and I will leave that up to your own interpretation of what you consider iconic. And yeah, then, lastly, is the best show or film purely on a streaming service. So it has not had a cinematic release, which would preclude The Irishman, if that helps your understanding. Mm. I mean, when you big words like preclude, I mean... Uh... That's not going to help anyone's understanding. Well, well okay. So the Irishman won't count. Well, people know what preclude means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Stops it from being counted. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and so that's what we're going to debate. Um, there, 
Joe is supposedly coming, so that would make well, every 25 films. Well, every time on the group chat, he hasn't responded. <laughs> so, no. I've got if, a faith in this. Also, to be fair to him, uh, Tottenham, most of the Tottenham games have been rescheduled, I think. So, he actually might not even be about. Wow. Oh, shit. oh, no, yeah, because I was meant to be going Wolves and it's been moved to Sunday. Not, well, not no, 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 another Sunday. But uh, Let's see, so it's 23rd. Uh, you're not even playing next Sunday, so... You're playing Chelsea on the Saturday, away. Oh, well, they should be about then, shouldn't they? Unless he's, he's worth no it. Fucking excuse. No excuse whatsoever. Cool. All right. Cheers, guys. Well, I shall see you in person next week. Yeah. And uh, you can follow us at YIC Podcast 17, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz under your average critics. And if you have any uh, options for the five categories I listed, then please do let us know. Cheers. Right. Bye.